you talked about Arweave. And before we started this interview, I noticed a book on your shelf, which was the Chronicle of America. And you were showing me how the different articles help tell this story of our country. And you can't do that without the primary sources. Yeah. And so what's really interesting about what you can do. So Immutable Access is a library. We we democratize access to the data, but we also are not holding hostage the intellectual property of the publishers. The publishers literally still own their own data. You're tuned to the Rcast, where we talk about the blockchain on the Rcast and how your data remains the Rcast, where our drive is the topic censorship resistant permanence. Yeah, we got it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rcast. This is episode 29. Uh, we've had quite a year. This year, we rebranded as REO. We launched our mobile app. We released 26 episodes of the Rcast. We launched our TikTok account and we brought permanent storage to the masses. We've had some press from Coindesk and Bloomberg and we are very excited for 2023, all of the meetups and events. Speaking of events and IRL conferences, this week we have Jeremiah Long who is heavily involved in the blockchain community in Atlanta and launched NFT ATL, which is a tech conference for people to talk about blockchain and storage. So on this episode, we talk about the various ways our weave can continue to bring the Web3 community together in person and online. And we talk about the interesting way he and I linked. So thanks for coming on, Jeremiah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to the RCast. Now, we have a guest this week who's very special who I cross paths with digitally through the world of archiving. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited that the first time that we really get to meet and talk ever is through a medium like this because it's just exciting. And when you just said that, you're right. It was my version of trying to archive something even then. So yeah, that's really interesting to think about. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. No, it's interesting, man, because like we we connected recently and we just pieced together that I had this video that a friend made for a birthday party for one of my old songs. And it somehow ended up on YouTube and it got a lot of views. And I was like, how did this get put on YouTube? But you explained to me, you found it, you like ripped it from my old fan club site or something. And you put it on your YouTube because I knew your name from that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting like that. Yeah. I just, I was a big fan. I still big fan of the style that you put forth and the way that you are really thoughtful with your music and just the hard work that you just consistently put in for so long. And yeah, 16 years ago, I definitely was into it enough to try to archive one of your songs that I didn't see it over there on YouTube and I was making a playlist. So there we go. <laughs> Our interests are like a Venn diagram, like blockchain, music. You work in the nonprofit space. You're in Atlanta. And I thought it'd be interesting to start talking today about NFT ATL, right? This is an yeah. event... Tell a little bit about this, because like I know you're a proud Atlanta supporter. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, the Atlanta Web3 community is amazing. And it is the most supportive place that I have found in the technological world, probably in my whole career. And I've been in technology and in content creation and in production for my entire adult life, really. And so coming here, and I've been here for a few years here in Atlanta, I've been here for about four years, and starting to really get into that community I just knew that I was in my home. 
And, but here was the problem, like during the pandemic, we were working in the NFT and blockchain space all digitally. Everybody was on their computers. We're over in our discord channels. I started hitting my hundred limit on discords and, and all of my Twitter friends. And I know all these great people and we're having these great times all through 2020 and 2021 during this huge event going on with NFTs and blockchain and web three in general, and just so many people building. Right. But I just didn't really feel like I was super connected to my in real life community. Whereas I was really connected to my film and TV community with like behind actors and production people. I was felt I was really connected to my art community in the physical art world and digital art world, but I just didn't really know people. And so I started looking online and realizing some of those people were in Atlanta. And so I reached out to A-Town Brown and then I'd known him on Twitter because we're both in the Cool Cats community for all through 2021. And then I was like, you're in Atlanta. And he's, yeah, you're in Atlanta. Yeah. And so then those connections started happening. And I realized I really wanted to do something in real life. So it feels like it was over a year ago, but it just back in February of 2022, we launched NFT ATL, which was our inaugural Genesis in real life um, DEI conference for all people and accessibility for web and blockchain and learning about blockchain. And we started planning it only in back November of 2021 was when we started planning it. So we put it together really fast. That is very fast. That's amazing that you led the charge on that. And especially coming out of the, all the months and I guess you could say years of COVID, people are hungry for events. So it must have been like, there's a lot of competition probably to get a space. To Like, how did it, how'd you go about organizing all that? I was, I am so thankful and I'm so fortunate that Steven Beeler, who runs a nonprofit called Roll Call Theater, he has this incredible theater space that he has playwrights and he has film festivals. And I've known him for quite a while since before the pandemic. He has a space in Pont City Market, which is a real central, amazing place in Atlanta where people love together. Everyone knows where it's at. It's in the heart of it. And so he told me we were talking about NFTs and talking about what was going on back in that November. And it's like, we were chatting. I was like, I'd like to put on a real in real life event. That event we've been talking about. Been, and I'd been gathering all of my contacts to start talk, talking to people. And he's like, I really want to hand the mic to you and give you this space to do this. And he was super supportive and got me the space with for no charge through his, his nonprofit. I didn't have a nonprofit at the time. I was just a kid with an idea in his heart. And a lot of people that I knew, a lot of connections. And so then I just started running down the street of finding the best people I could in the in the who are making nfts in ethereum and cardano and all different places who were talking about cryptocurrency but from a really respectful place where they weren't trying to like shill or scam like very honest cool people and then over on the investment and builder side and actually got a venture capital person to come and talk so that we could talk about that and then i made it very it was inclusivity has always been a really big heart of mine because in technological revolutions a lot of times underrepresented people get left behind in those revolutions so i wanted to really be cognizant of kids and seniors and disabled people and then under traditionally marginalized people minorities and women so we made sure that all of the speakers the people on the stage were represented from traditionally marginalized groups so that the people coming to the event could see the leadership in web3 being people that normally aren't don't get the chance to be up there first. And so that was an important part. And I was able to find just great speakers and just not throw it together. We worked really hard, a lot of long hours, website, ticketing. I uh, sculpted the NFT ticket in, in Oculus inside of a gravity sketch. And then, and then yeah, just and put it all together. And we had about 80 people per day for the two day that we had for that very first event in February. And so I, that's another thing about Atlanta that's so cool is people that are in a lot of those positions, they're not trying to be gatekeepers. 
they're actually like, yo, I know some stuff. Let's share. They're always out here. You know, what's been really great since February is made those initial connections, met everybody in real life, figured, started to figure out who's doing what, figured out the week before that another event was being planned called ATL NFT. And, and then we didn't know about each other till the week before. And they were at the Atlanta underground. And it was a one day event with this amazing person named Elizabeth Strickler and another dude named Chris Pilcher. And they'd been, they're more in the, the college side and in the music and, and EDM side, like planning side. I promoted a few other events like Render that was coming up later in the year. And another event that was called NFT ATL Con that was happening in May of the year. And then every event that I knew about, I'm just like, wag me. We're going to talk about every event. We're going to include everybody as deeply as we can, because in Atlanta, it's it can be a very fractured community because it's so spread out. But because of things like the Beltline more recently and things like that, there's just ways that people connect better. And so I just thought, hey, one of my missions will be to connect those people each all together. Giving people a platform and like making that part of the mission, I think is awesome, man. especially in a city like Atlanta, where there's so much culture and so many different voices. The seeds for Wedge, your 501c3 nonprofit, kind of came out of that too, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I met my dude, Michael Wassifer. He's a German immigrant. He's been in finance and on the fractional finance. See if I, I'll mess his titles up. But he's been in the in finance world for a long time. And coming to my event or our event, the community event in February for NFT ATL, he got his first big taste of what the Web3 world is really about, even though he'd been researching and looking, but then in seeing the people doing it, right? And so we hit it off really quickly because what he loves is the structural side of it. And he was, we talked about what it would do and what, how we could structure things. Then he just really laid a roadmap that I was like, oh, let's work together on something. And we very quickly started to find a lot of great ways to tie together the programming I was building with the structure of a nonprofit. And yeah, after that, we, we filed, we created uh, Wedge Incorporated in here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he somehow did his, this is his third time doing a nonprofit. He did his magic and got us our 501c3 within 35 days. And then I immediately booked uh, some programming with Fulton County and we got our vendor status there. And then we just started going off really quickly on the three specific pillars we work with. We formed because of the work that you know I'm doing in the city, right? community oriented, like all the community based organizations like Umba Daima and Crypto Monday and a lot of the places like the Atlanta Blockchain Center, which opened during the summer of 2022. It's a brick and mortar. And then government partnered like with Fulton County in the state of Georgia and Library of Congress, anybody who would partner with us to talk about getting inclusive nature things into the area. And then a small business VC and PE so that when people walk in the door, they say, what is an NFT in that community event? They eventually make it to one of our workshops with Fulton County. And if they even get through that, then we'll get them in front of some invested Atlanta or some venture capital to see if they can build a business for themselves in Atlanta. So that's where it comes down to in the end is creating a pipeline for entrepreneurship. You're an example of if you have the energy and focus and you believe in the goodness of the community and people, you can get things done. Like you've been working on a really cool project. You're in the MVP stage, Immutable Access. Let's talk about that. Yeah, my background was as a television producer. I was a TV line producer for about 15 years before moving into being an executive producer and starting networks. In 2016, I went down to Florida and I started a network with a, or I joined a UK network that was being started as an executive producer. And we went down there and we were rocking out, but it was during Brexit. So it only lasted like six months and it crashed and burned in that way that... A lot of startups do, even startup television networks. 
So then through some amazing contacts and shout out to Sway Capshaw that I made a connection with a newspaper in Atlanta, Georgia that was looking to go from a weekly print newspaper to being a video-based platform or being modernized or doing something with content management because all of their advertisers were telling them that their print advertising was going to change and they wanted to move to digital advertising and it was going to really hurt their business because this is a newspaper that had been around since 1966. So right around the, you know, it's a black female black owned newspaper. They were the only newspaper of record in the black community that's still around in Atlanta, Georgia. With some help of some amazing people, including the publisher, Janice Ware, I came down there around 2017 and worked virtually and then eventually moved to Atlanta in 2018 to work there and help them create a network. And because she come, I come in there and Miss Ware tells me, I want to compete with CNN in a year. Can you do that? And I'm like, yes, ma'am, let's get to work. <laughs> and so we just immediately, as soon as it hit the ground, super running. She wanted to modernize everything. She's a very big forward thinker. And so right after that, in the in the pandemic, I joined with the uh, Facebook Sustainability Accelerator to work with another 45 newspapers as the representative from the Atlanta Voice for all these BIPOC newspapers all across the country that were looking to do a lot of the same work, modernize, to, to find ways, SaaS products and tech stacks that would help them to improve their business and create sustainable revenue sources. And that's really when I fell in love with blockchain-based architecture. <laughs> I know it's a nerdy thing to say, but when I started learning about Arweave and about IPFS and about how permanent storage and how NFTs and smart contracts can create democratized access and immutability to data, that's just when my tech brain just went so deep and so happy. And I immediately started working on building something. And I was working with a few different newspapers across the country, including one called the Dallas Weekly. And then in 2021, in May of 2021, we worked on a project where we created an, a, a one of one NFT of their newspaper. And what we did is we printed their newspaper, their PDF, as it normally would come out that week. But then we decentralized a copy of the PDF to IPFS. And then we created an Ethereum NFT over so that you could see it on like OpenSea, for example, of that newspaper. We got a local black artist that's a 3D artist to create a cover piece for it. And I wrote the cover article. It was about this is called this is an NFT, but what does it do? And it was a whole article about NFTs and some mentions of what the NFT culture is doing on the in the backside of that. And then also all the local news that we normally, you know, that Dallas Weekly served every single week to their amazing community. And so we made that one of one, not to sell it or not to do anything there, but as an experiment and a case study to create an idea. And for the next year, I worked on building a product that could make a platform to help um, local independent newspapers to decentralize their archives and then create sustainable revenue sources through NFT products, through licensing of their intellectual property, and through just building something sustainable that is built on an immutable permanent storage model. You talked about Arweave. And before we started this interview, I noticed a book on your shelf, which was the Chronicle of America. And you were showing me how the different articles help tell this story of our country. And you can't do that without the primary sources, stories of the world. And then, and so your journey is trying to make sense of them and connect them. There's an AI element. And I was wondering if you could talk about that because that's really a cool part of your mission. Yeah. And so what's really interesting about what you can do. So immutable access is a library. We, we democratize access to the data, but we also are not holding hostage the intellectual property of the publishers. The publishers literally still own their own data. And that's a very important structural difference with the flow blockchain, where each of the publishers and their own collections, they own their data. 
the Immutable Access platform is creating an easy way for them to create those collections and data, but they get to keep access. So then what we do is we create products and helpful products and help to license their IP by using artificial intelligence to say, take an article off the shelf of the library. And a good example would be a historic event that happened in 1962, for example, in a certain town. You take that event and then instead of AI, which some people may have seen today, could probably read the article to you with a voice <clears throat> instead of just that, then we're actually creating a new piece of content that is based off of the article. It's not just a summary of the article either. It's actually got sentiment, whether the article is positive or negative, and it actually creates a new piece of content that is not only something that can be just viewed on like a YouTube kind of channel or like social media, but creates accessibility channels for the content that was never there before, where if you, if you never probably accessed an archive, if you can't access a computer. But now the audio portion, the video portion, and the immersive portions that can happen even in the future with like metaverse related examples can happen with in ways that never would have happened with it just being a PDF sitting in an archive somewhere that you could potentially search for and read. Now that we're, we were onboarding a small group of publishers and an alpha group, we're not even to a beta stage on this is where I would show it yet, but with the alpha group, they're uploading their historical documents and the AI is finding connections across different eras and different and different locations that we would not have normally seen by looking at one archive in Atlanta, one archive in Dallas, one archive in DC, one archive in LA, looking through the data of the year 1972. There was a single event that all four of the newspapers talk, not only talked about, but had a different or per, an interesting, unique perspective on the same event and maybe this isn't like a major event, like a, a world changing event where the headline was everywhere. It's a subtle event. And it was because of their localities that they were interested in, in writing about it. So now that AI is telling us, hey, there are these connections that you're not seeing. Here's a, I'm putting them on a silver platter for you. You now can create new content. You can inspire content. And we would like to be the first, the first publication document type app or library that does a text to documentary style AI. That's tight. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you, okay, so this is a question that like, do you ever, like when people maybe aren't so excited about NFTs or maybe you're a little negative about it, what are some common criticisms you hear and what are ways you can tell people how maybe those criticisms are short-sighted? I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that because I talk as an educator in the Web3 space, I love taking it all the way back to the what is an NFT, what is a blockchain level. And I love coming back to the other side because in the Twitter world, I'm, my handle is NFT archaeologist. So I search Etherscan all the time looking for great projects. And I even found the third list project, EtherID, and helped to resurrect that project and create tooling so that people could use it. So I'm on both sides of that. So when I hear NFTs are a scam, you can right click and save the arts. And me as a technology expert and me as a person who loves history and loves to, to understand the long scope of history, I am definitely not going to bet against blockchain. And I'll tell you, I am old enough to remember and be in school right as the internet was coming in. And I was on the internet when I was a kid. I was on a Commodore 64 on a 440 baud modem, like dialing up on a blue screen or a green screen. And then eventually hacking AOL and using AOL so I could like hack to get onto AOL for free. And so seeing that era, there are a lot of people, including me, because I was too young, that missed 
that technological revolution. The technological revolutions come with blockchain is not about right-click and saving the art that's attached to an NFT. It's because you can do that all day. That's not the function of an NFT. An NFT with, that's numbered 45205 will always just be that one printed on December 15th. That will still only be the NFT it is. And the art that it points to is just a part of the story. So then beyond that, the blockchain itself, if the internet has survived this long, the blockchain will survive in some form forever. I will never bet as a maxi on one certain blockchain. I love Ethereum. I love the L2s, all of them, that are, what they're working on. I love Bitcoin. I love all the altcoin channels that have a technology on them, not just a coin, but ones that are building something. I love all of that. Because the competing ideas remind me of the Googles and the Yahoos and, and then on the service provider side that, you know, the AOLs and the, all those different companies will compete and really great technology will rise to the top and serve the market the best. I'm cool with that. If Arweave comes up with Arweave 2.0 and they're like, hey, we love what we already did, but we found this really cool improvement and we want to make almost a new version and almost migrate you to a, the next one. I'm going to go with y'all because it sounds like y'all came up with a cool new thing. We don't know what happens when quantum computing comes in. We may all migrate off the current blockchain. So I'm super into that. And then I never really worry about the people who are scared of the technology because they won't ever have to worry about what the technology is, in my opinion. Just like they don't know what JavaScript and React are, they're not going to really know what the Ethereum and what alchemy and what the services we use, they're not going to really know that any either because it's going to be on the backside of all these consumer products. Invisibility is a key to mass adoption of Web3. You could be bullish on projects like Arweave because it, it's based on science and research. It's not just hype. And that's what the world you're in is, is connecting these, making a change, connecting communities. And it's really inspiring because it's kind of like what I like to do too. So it's tight, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate that. And then just, yeah, just plugging it real quick. NFT ATL is coming back. If you watch this before, you know, the time it does come back, which will be February the 11th and 12th of 2023. Yeah, definitely. If you're in the Atlanta area or you want to connect with our community, we have, we're releasing and have released an alpha version of a directory for everybody to connect to each other. That's called localweb3.directory. And so localweb3.directory is where we're creating our own private web3 way, pr not private, public web3 place for everybody to, to connect. Right now it's just in Atlanta, but we hope once everybody in Atlanta is on there that, that we'll expand and show a way for other niche communities in small towns like Des Moines, Iowa, or big towns like Dallas that have a great scene, but haven't been on the map necessarily of web3 compared to LA, New York, and Miami. So yeah, those are what's what we want to do eventually. So definitely want to connect. Immutable access when you go live with it, we'll spread the word. Do you have a timeline or it's still, you're still, it's still early? So since we start off B2B, then we're going to, in as much time as we need, onboard the publishers from the independent newspapers that we work with, test it with them. We're making a human-centric product. And then once we feel like it's really good, we'll let those, not let, but we'll provide tools for the publishers to try so that they can do a B2C product with their archives where they can tap into their communities and tap into the local communities and create really cool content along with them. Yeah, that's something that would be a lifetime too, right? A lifetime project. Yes, yeah, that's a lifetime project for me. The Rcast listeners, where can they follow you? Did you like to send people to Twitter? I know you have a lot of projects. Yeah, I have, if you want to connect on a technical level or on a level to learn more about NFT ATL and such, I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my friend. I think it's very helpful and I think it's a very clean way for people to connect. I'm Jeremiah Long. 
So if you look me up, it's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Jeremiah Long. And I am on there. (laughs) And if they want to connect on Twitter and we can get a little more in depth about the culture side of it, I am underscore JDL. It's inspiring having you on. So thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you so much. And it's really great to meet you, bro. What an inspiring, cool guy. Thank you, Jeremiah. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll be back with Johnny from Sarcophagus in the new year, episode 30. Stay tuned for all the updates. Thanks for the great year, everyone. I'm Andrew. This has been the Rcast.